0: So back to the podcast, y'all. This is part two of a podcast that Sean and I recorded um, just this weekend about. We did the pest, which is the one beforehand. So you can go and listen to that. That would be uh, 157, yes. And this is going to be 158. Um, but we kind of moved our conversation in in that discussion to plants and to slowing down and to the word busy and to, um, just quieting our minds in general and some epiphany that I got from working in the garden for two days. And so I'm going to go into that in this podcast, but I do reference a book, um, in this podcast that I've had on my shelf forever, um, since medical school, when we started learning about plants, um, in school and, um, this morning during my meditation, I or after my meditation, I was drawn to reading this book. And so I just opened it and started reading. And I'd make some references to some of the things that I read in here um, about our relationship with plants. But um, I thought I would read something for you uh, to start this podcast out. And um, again, this is just kind of my own experience. And I think I'm moving into a new stage of my life where i really am realizing that i've been super busy again we talk about the word busy in this podcast and what it means but uh, just too much going on and how i have neglected a lot of things in my life that were very important to me uh as far as helping me to quiet that mind um i think you know for ryan he gets a lot of that when he goes hunting he gets the quiet the darkness the solitude you know even when he's with people it's He's doing a lot of it by himself and he gets a lot of time to think and a lot of he comes back refreshed and he's also you know he's around the animals and the nature he's around the plants you know he's wild harvesting collecting mushrooms he's sleeping on the earth there's a lot of things that really as animals ourselves you know these are important things that we've in a lot of communities just kind of neglected you know we sleep in houses and beds and Away from the earth, and a lot of us never even touch the earth. You know, we're wearing shoes, and you know, nobody, a lot of people aren't even going out in nature consistently. So, um, for me, getting my hands in soil, busying my body, moving my body, quieting my mind. It's, it's so, I thought that I would read the post that I had made last weekend, uh, just so everybody could kind of get a context of what Sean talks about in this podcast. But um, yeah, I'll read that from Instagram. Here it is so let's see people ask me if I still want a garden why don't I talk about it more on the podcast we don't see much of it anymore well I'll tell you it hasn't been on my radar for more than a few years and I couldn't figure out why it just seemed like too much work the last few months I have figured it out I have been too busy in my mind been working working out worrying stressing about who knows what just about anything for years Ryan was the main garden tender And while building our business and my medical career, I slowly felt it slipping away. After getting the vid and struggling to come back to my physically able body, I became very depressed. I've had a bunch of fatigue, like the worst kind, so bad I literally don't want to even get out of bed, which if you know me, isn't my jam. While working to get my mind and body back in order, I fell into a routine I had two decades ago. Because I've barely been able to lift a weight, this comes and goes by the day of course, I decided to start doing what has been counterintuitive to me for years. I began meditation again. Each morning before I start my day, I lay awake, but with the intent of quieting my normally racing mind. I breathe, I sit in a space I've created with beauty around me. I listen to healing music, I light candles, and I stretch my body. I stopped listening to the news. I stopped getting caught up in the BS on social media. I stopped thinking about all the stress I had. I stopped. Now I'm in that routine. I actually can't wake up without immediately going upstairs to my meditation space instead of downstairs to the gym. I have begun processing the constant voice in my head that feels despondent or anxious or stressed or lonely. I began replacing those feelings with abundance, love, freedom, stillness, and health. I spent the entire weekend meditating in the garden while raking tumbleweed, weeding beds, cleaning boxes, planting seeds, Working in the rain, basking in the sun, building garden forts, and watching the earth eclipse the moon. I finished my day with a bath and a meditation to clear my way for sleep. Meditate, garden, let your mind be quiet. This is the true medicine. So I'm I'm going out in my garden today. I I I um Spent all last weekend doing, which I said I was going to do for weeks, so we've talked. But the weather's been crazy. I mean, the last time we talked, it was snowing. So yeah. last weekend was beautiful, and I spent the whole weekend weeding, cleaning up. Um, we have a tumbleweed problem where we live, so we did a lot of raking tumbleweeds that are in every little crack and crevice, of everywhere. Um and we have a big old burn pile out there. I told Ryan now we need to have a big bonfire, a big tumbleweed bonfire. Um but we did all the cleanup and I ended up planting some seeds for flowers and some lavender and some things that aren't veggies yet. But and then today I have to go out and put in my amended soil. So I got some organic soil amendment for all my boxes. So I'm gonna go out and put all that stuff out and it was such a beautiful weekend we had the um, blood moon the lunar eclipse which we were had fully full vision of we watched over an hour the the earth eclipse the moon which was an amazing science lesson for my youngest daughter because she was completely confused that the moon was disappearing and that it was not coming back and uh, we were like no it's going to come back but um, yeah, it was a it was really great to get out there, and your podcast really motivated me to to do that. I think I've been too far gone from that for a long time. Usually, Ryan's doing that, and I'm working. You know, um, yes. and with Ryan gone now, quite a bit. And he was gone. This last trip was three weeks, so he was gone a long time. It's like looking out at the garden, going, "Geez." if I don't get all that ready, you know, come planting season, which, you know, here is like lickety split, you better, you got a window. Um, I better get that done. Cause he's not going to this year. And it was actually very therapeutic for me. So, um, now I'm a little bit drawn. I, I want to go back out there. I don't want to edit podcasts. I want to just go out to the garden.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, that's, that's the way that ideally this works is that you get a little taste of it or you get a um, refresher in your memory and in your body. And that like triggers some things and you're like, no, I don't want to do this or have my nose in my phone. I want to go out in the garden um and you know like i mentioned earlier before we started recording that post you made uh recently about you know that weekend and just about how you're like rediscovering your relationship with gardening i thought was phenomenal right um and so like you know perfect for what we've been talking about is like in developing this relationship in seeing that there is a relationship to be had with the outside world um, and whether that's a new journey for you or you're rediscovering that journey that is a relationship worth cultivating and discovering and you know maybe in your experimentation you find that it's really not for you that's okay um, maybe you'll find something else but I think for most people you're going to discover that you really like what you're doing and the benefits so far outweigh the, you know, negative impacts as far as like time or whatever it is you may be able to come up with. Then, you know, the myriad of excuses that we come up with each day of why we can't go out and do this other thing. Right. So I thought that yeah, was
0: there's a-, a, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So you were referencing an Instagram post that I made last week and I made a reel. So making a reel takes like an hour for me. So you don't get a lot of reels for me because it's ridiculous how long it takes me to make them. But I spent the entire weekend outside basically. And we got really lucky. It wasn't super windy. It was beautiful. And I noticed all my neighbors were out. It was like everybody was out, you know, tractoring their, their acreage and working in their garden and cleaning up and having their fires and doing all that. It was kind of the weekend to do that. And, um, I've, kind of been on this journey since COVID I got COVID and you know I've dealt with some long-haul COVID stuff and before COVID I was really active as most people know you know I was posting my workouts every day on my Instagram and I was getting up at 4 30 or 5 which I'm like you I'm a morning person so I seem today I slept till like six fifty or something like that's kind of late for me um but I usually wake up around five, maybe force myself to go back to sleep. But on a weekday, I'm up at five. And traditionally, I would go downstairs and I would work out because that was my deal. And it made me feel better, have my day. Well, I got COVID and I got this kind of long-standing fatigue and brain fog thing. And what happened is just like, it was hard for me to like lift a weight. I just, and I'd, or I'd get on the Stairmaster and I like, I couldn't, I couldn't like, I would feel exhausted. So I started thinking, okay, I don't think this is good for me right now. Um, I did for like one month there. I felt great. I was doing mountain tough workouts. I I felt really good. But then I think I overdid it. And my body was like, yo, my nervous system just said, no, it's too much. So I backed out and I started doing, which I haven't done in probably 20 years. I used to be an avid meditator and I was a yoga teacher. This was back when Ryan and I were first married. And I would get up every morning at 5.30 a.m. And I had a personal practice where I did like an hour of yoga and I did meditation. And that was before med school and kind of the craziness in my life started. Really med school is kind of when I feel like I had just a lot of my brain was super busy, right? But I spent a lot of time sitting at a desk, sitting at a computer. That's when like all my computer really before that, I mean, I'd use a computer for stuff, but it wasn't like computers were really coming on and that was actually right around the time too Facebook was starting social media was starting I mean before that we didn't have any of that so you know Um, I didn't have distraction it's like I had a job and I'd get up and I'd do yoga and I'd go to work maybe and it was really relaxed and I've let that go over the couple decades um, being busy and and I started to notice that I have this natural anxiety now that's just kind of I call it, oh, it's just how I am. I'm just naturally I'm just naturally anxious person because I'm type A and I'm driven and I'm busy, busy, busy. And that word has become this like state of being now in our culture where everybody's just busy and they don't have time to do anything for themselves or they do things for themselves. But it's in this busy nature that's not healthy in a way. And how many times do you ask people how they are? Oh, I'm great. I'm just so busy. You know, it's like the new, oh, I'm fine. It's the new, I'm busy. Um, And I'm guilty of that as well.
1: Oh, me too.
0: Yeah. With the fatigue, I was like, I need to do something because my body naturally wakes up early. And I'm used to this working out and like this really yang energy, like moving my body and really sweating and all this stuff. And I just had this call to like, cause I wake up and I'm laying there and it's like, well, what do I do now? And my body was just kind of like, well, maybe you should just get up and still move, but be quiet. And like, what does that mean? And so I worked on a space, I have a couple of spaces in the house, but I, after this recognition, I created a meditation space in my house again. And, and, um, some of the things that I had for that in years past and just started getting up and coming upstairs at 6am, 5am, whatever. And laying, I have a pulsed electromagnetic mat that I lay on that helps me with all the electromagnetics that I'm really sensitive to. And my day of being on the computer all day, you know, so I lay on that. And then I just listen to some like, music or biurnal beats or whatever. And I just started there, not really meditating, but just like, awake, but bringing my consciousness more internal and quieting my mind and then I go from that and then I just kind of slowly started meditating and then maybe after that if I have time I'll do a little yoga so I move my body and stretch because I sit all day and I need to move and then I started doing that in the morning and then I started finding myself at night like having this yearning to meditate before bed like I couldn't I can't like go to bed and just go to bed so usually I just go to bed and read a book or you know you're watching tv and you're tired and just go to bed well, with Ryan gone, <laughs> there's an opportunity for quiet. Because you know, like, your kids, you got commotion, and you got your spouse, and you guys have jobs, and you have things. and Ryan's downtime is night, and so he's usually on the, his phone, or he's got, we were watching a movie or something. I just really like quiet at night. I like all the electronics off, the TV off. I get my kids to bed, and... um I just started meditating again at night, which was so fun because you can light candles and you can kind of be in that quiet space by yourself again. And then I started sleeping really good because COVID robbed me of good sleep. And I started sleeping really good and then I started waking up and I start feeling good. And then the side effect of this is I started feeling like happy, which is a strange feeling for no reason. And not anxious. Like not waking up anxious ridden, not waking up like, Oh, I gotta go work out because I'm so anxious right it's like I'm where I, I know I need to go upstairs and meditate and like drawn to this so we started doing these gardening podcasts we're talking about this the weather has not been super cooperative but last weekend it felt so good it's it's I correlated meditation to gardening and it was like it's super hard so meditation is really hard to do and it's hard <laughs> Because you have to like shut your mind up. And that's really hard for people to do, I think, in this day and age. And anytime it's hard. But gardening is like you're physically moving your body, which I really love. And your mind kind of naturally becomes quiet as you do that. So there's something, it's kind of like yoga or exercise where you get your body moving and your mind just kind of gets quiet. But you're in the plants and you're touching the dirt and you're raking up the tumbleweed and you're like, you just you start thinking about all these things and you're thinking and then and then it's just quiet and it's so nice. And after two days of that, and then we capped it with the eclipse, this rare eclipse, which was in full sight. I mean the moon was ginormous and then it just slowly turned red over an hour and disappeared. And then what an ominous sign to like do more meditation and like be out in the garden and out in nature. And what it did for me was brought into this idea of perspective, is that, like, I don't think people really get perspective about where they are. Like, you're a human being, whatever your circumstances are, wherever you are, you're like a human being on a planet flying through a galaxy where your days and nights are controlled by the moon and the sun. Like everything is controlled by these cycles and we've gotten so busy air quotes we've gotten so that we are like losing this skill to just um realize to have perspective about where we are and um I think that last weekend really helped me to see that kind of this meditating over the last month or so and just getting into this rhythm. It was like being out in the garden. It was kind of the same rhythm. And I just felt after, you know, Sunday night, I was exhausted. My left leg hurt so bad from bending over and picking things up. Like I'm not a spring chicken, right? We're not spring chicken out there hauling wheelbarrows and raking and digging and pitchforking and pulling weeds and um when you're doing organic gardening you're not tilling, you know, I was like digging everything up and my legs hurt, like my back hurt. And I got into the bath and it was just like but I felt so clear. My mind felt so clear. And and then seeing the moon situation, the eclipse, it was like, you know, um it just brought so much perspective and it really helped me to see that I really don't want to be busy and I, I want to be strategically doing the things that I love and that are helping and giving back and service, which is really what my job is. So I spend all day in service, right? Um, but my time that I have to myself, I need to really like, I need to be really consciously aware of doing healthy things for myself so that I'm not so busy all the time I'm not so anxious and you know I don't have this anxiety so I think I'm transitioning into a different stage right now covid helped me do that um helped me calm down a little bit and forcefully pushed me into like you cannot be busy all the time you have to sit down and be quiet um maybe deal with some stuff that I haven't dealt with emotionally and mentally and I think that's what meditation and quiet is and I think that's what gardening is too now you do it for a living so <laughs> For you, it's probably a totally different experience because it's your job and it's what you do. Just like my job is a great meditation as well. It's just a different meditation for me um, all day long. And um, so this is giving something back to myself. And then in that, just, just reconnecting with plants and that whole life cycle, because much like hunting, much like animals, the plants are this... They have this ability to show us that life, how life, how the life cycle works here. And that as humans, we have really long life cycles, right? But each season, we have seasons and each year brings cycles and each month brings cycles and that we just don't honor those. Um, maybe like we used to when we lived in a situation where we were very dependent on those cycles to teach us, you know, for our food and all this stuff. We've come this like, you know, everything's so easy now. And we've disconnected ourselves from those cycles. And um, so for me, that's kind of what I got out of it. And then I just kind of went back to a lot of my old books that I've had for years. Like, have you ever read this book, Plant Spirit Medicine?
1: No, um, I have not. By
0: Elliot, Elliot Cohen. And he's an acupuncturist, but he, this is more about plant spirit. I think he worked with Amazonian um, medicine men and shamans with plant medicines. And he talks about plants and just uh, these shamans and these men and women that work with plants um, on a medicinal basis. And just in their culture, it's part, again, it's, they're still living on that life cycle. And plants are a big piece of that, not just in their nutrition and in that it's a big piece of their spirituality and how they connect with plants and how they learn about plants to heal themselves. Cause they don't, you know, and this is where all the pharmaceutical companies are rushing to for, they've been doing this for decades now to try and get these medicines from the Amazon that are doing these miraculous cures. And he talks about the medicine men. And when he first went down, there I was talking to them about like, oh, you know, you can just teach me about these plants that you're talking about. They were out boar hunting. He does the story where he was out boar hunting with this tribal medicine man guy and that they were walking back and the guy was showing them all these plants and how he uses them and what they're for, what they da-da-da-da. And, and then he was like, you know, as, as kind of the westerner, like, well, I need to know about these plants so I can learn about how they're going to heal and and he said the shaman just laughed at him and was laughing. He says, what's so funny? And he's like, you don't even know these plants. How do you know what they're going to do for you? Because you, you have to learn the plant. And the plant will heal you uniquely, differently than it's going to heal me. But you don't know the plant. So how can you know what it's going to do for you just by me telling you what it's going to do for you? And he said he never like looked at plants that way. Like, the pharmaceutical companies would come down and spend trillions of dollars and they'd get these plants, they'd take them back to the lab, they'd try to get these constituents out of them. Well, why aren't they working like they were when this guy used this plant to heal this cancer or whatever? And the shamans, like, because the plant is specific to the person and it's not the plant thats you can't take those things and cure a large amount of people because those people don't have any relationship with it. So wow. I started reading about that again, and just how, um, just like animals, and, and just like we need other humans, um, and that life cycle with, with animals, and he talks about the plants, and how we have a relationship with them, and um, in knowing the plant is how it, that, that's what heals us. And so doing botanical medicine, and, you know, through my career, and all these things where we use plants to help people with all different kinds of conditions. And if you're on a pharmaceutical drug, anybody out there, the likelihood that that pharmaceutical drug was derived from a plant is very, very, very high, right? Plants were the original medicine. So this is not woo woo stuff. I mean, pharmaceutical companies have not been around very long. You know, our ancestors were using plants as medicine. And usually it was delegated to the healer to deal with the plants because the healer would create a relationship with these plants and then. Help the plant understand what it needed to do to help these people that were sick, right? But we've just kind of lost that through the pharmaceutical um, extraction of things, and um, I just kind of went back and started reading about that again, and I just haven't done that, gosh, since since medical school and since that time before when I had a quieter mind, you know, and I was really into plants and gardening all that kind of stuff so i want to thank you sean for doing this for us because you're the one who brought this series up to my attention and said we should talk about gardening and i was like yes we should and just having these simple conversations about starting your garden and getting back to nature like just getting into the soil learning about these things it motivated me in this process of being quieter to to reconnect so
1: well um <clears throat> You're 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 very welcome and, and thank you as well for having me because I really enjoy being here. And it you know, for me it's, it really um, that story is is a is a, almost a perfect example of like what it is that I feel like we're really trying to give to folks is not just necessarily the basics of gardening, but the reason why this relationship is important why the relationship between you and your garden or just the outside world is important Um, and that that story that you just told is just it's so beautiful in reconnection rediscovery all these different things that are available to everybody and in my personal opinion it's not necessarily as helpful. There's a lot of people out there trying to give people advice on how to get better, right? And and some of that is, is very militant. You just got to put your nose in the grindstone and you just got to do it. And that works for some people. Even me, I respond to that to a certain degree. But I think for the majority of people, you need to find your habits. You need to find your routines you need to find the relationships and the things that make you feel good and look for the silver linings i mean you brought a silver lining out of COVID, right like (laughs) how many people out there are doing that um and to me that is really like at the at, at the root of what we're trying to get at with this series of podcasts is this relationship between ourselves and the outside world, and your gardens, and how developing those routines, those habits, and that relationship can help ratchet back your life away from being so busy, it's from being consumed by your TV, by your phone, by whatever it is. I think those things are a way to help teach ourselves to get back, to a little bit more simplified way of life. And that doesn't mean we abandon, right? Like I'm not advocating for wholesale abandon and going and hiding in a hole, but it's balance, right? It's it's the age old proverb, everything in moderation. Well, we need to exercise that in all portions of our life and then recognize the things that make us feel good and are healthy. And gardening is one of those things that contributes to that and it fosters a relationship it fosters things within you that have you slow down have you thinking more clearly um and that post that you made and that discussion that you you know brought up and you know that brought up in me this like idea of like trying to get at like the idea of the relationship between hunting and garden because the amount of crossover there is phenomenal if you, if you sit down and start to like think about all the things that go on between the two different activities, there's a lot of commonality. There's a lot of things that you can really learn from and work with and skills to develop and use within both worlds of hunting and gardening. Um, And, you know, we can save that for a different podcast and maybe we could even get Ryan on here for that discussion. Yeah, Um, for sure. But um, thanks for sharing that story, because I just I feel like that is what people need to hear a lot more of is just everyday normal folks working their way through their days and finding out what works and then sharing that with people and, you know, gathering those bits and pieces and figuring out what works for you. And that is another key thing to everything you can never Get to where you want to go by using other people's methods and habits and routines. You can use them for inspiration, but ultimately, you're the only one that can develop your own habits, your own routines, and your own inspiration to achieve the things that you want to do. It's all within you. You're the one that's got to figure those things out, which is why it's so hard, right? Like a lot of folks, right. you know, you're you're watching this inspirational person, or maybe you're listening to us and you get the inspiration and then you get out there, but you got to figure it out for yourself, right? Like our lifestyles, our techniques, our ways of going about gardening aren't necessarily going to work for everybody because everybody's got their own microclimate and your own body. And you've got to make those discoveries and work on those things for yourself to get to that healthy place. And it's hard. It's hard work. It's difficult. Just like gardening, right? It's hard. Um,
0: Well, that's some of the drawback, right? I think that's some of the fear that comes into people's minds when they think about doing hard things and whether that is going out and gardening and digging up a bed and like how much work that's going to take and just to learn about gardening like you're saying you know go learn about your pests. like this is work this isn't just like you're going to walk out there and like whoa, it's easy it's the same if you're going to start an exercise routine it's the same if you're trying to change your diet and eat healthier it's the same if you're trying to just sit with yourself and be quiet like it's difficult these are difficult things and by building, by challenging yourself to whatever that challenge may be, learn about your garden, learn about plants, try to plant a garden, even if it fails, like, you know, sit down and try to meditate and clear your brain out for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour a day. Now it's like an hour goes by, boom, for me. I'm like, what? No, I need two hours. You know, whereas like, two months ago, I was like, five minutes of just chatter, 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 chatter. chatter. And I was just like, five minutes is too long. I can't do this, you know. And it's hard work, like you have to commit. And I think that you're right. Like, Hunting, same thing. You know, you've got to learn. You, it's a challenge. You're not, unless you're. You know, there's ways to hunt that are super easy, and there's people that do that. And you can get a guide and get the animal for you and make the shot and be done and have someone else carry your meat out. Like, there's ways to do these things without really working for it. But what is the? Where's the growth in that? So, my personal opinion is like anything that challenges you, that changes your worldview about something is usually hard work and it's a challenge for you to do it and that's what changes the neural pathway that that is what's actually going to build the new neural pathway you know like why would I want to meditate for more than an hour now when all I really need is 10 minutes well because I've built some new neural pathways this month that are like, ooh, I like this, let's do this some more. Just like exercise, when you start eating healthier, right? Mm -hmm. When you grow organic food and you eat that food and you start eating that food, your body does not want a Dunkin' Donut. It's like it wants healthy food, but it's not gonna happen overnight. And again, being so busy that we don't take the time to face the challenge that's before us (laughs) that's where the detriment is and i see it all day long because that's what i do i talk to people about their health issues and nobody wants to take the time and the distraction is enormous it is beyond enormous now even compared to 20 years ago remember
1: the distraction
0: is by far so enormous that you have to claw your way or to, to not be distracted. Um, and so, you know, I do have, like, you don't even really have a cell phone that works, right? Like how, how do you get through life like that? I think, but in that, that's the way it, it's kind of the way you are though. Like anybody who knows you, like that kind of makes sense. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's okay. And, um, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of realizations that will come up, I think, if people start to do these things. If they yes. start to haunt, there's realizations. Um, if they start to garden, there's realizations. If they start to try to change their body and their mind, there's huge realizations. And what I've noticed is sometimes they, people are afraid of themselves. And they're They're afraid of that time with themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're sometimes afraid of what they're going to find. And... I think the lesson in it is that we all have faults, like we've all screwed up. We all have skeletons in our closet. We all have fears and anguish and trauma. bad habits. Bad habits. I mean, these are all self, you know, we, a lot of these are prophecies that are ingrained in us as children that, you know, it's, this is how it is. And so you've built those neural pathways, you have to rebuild those, those are very difficult to do. And I think in this is that you learn is that we all have those. And so you have to at some point, just tell yourself, like, I, I, I need this change, and I have to do it. And whatever it is, get help, get somebody like you get a mentor get somebody to help walk you through. But just like the medicine man said about the plants, the plants won't help you until you learn about the plant. Like you get a relationship with the plant and then it will help you. If you expect the plant to help you without a relationship, it's not going to happen. It's not going to heal you. And same thing with your environment and the people you're around and, and hunting, you know, like having a relationship with animals, I think. Um, and, you know, how, how it is when you kill your first animal or when you take an animal or what, you know, what are all the things that you go through in that process? And, and it's like, you have to create relationship with these things. And sometimes in that relationship, there's a lot of shit that people don't want to face. And usually you have to wade through all that before you get to the glorious, like, realization right for sure the plants the plant is telling you you got a lot of work to do sister like you know and and when you've done that work come back and we can like communicate you know what i mean yeah and and, um i i see it so i see it so much in my work how distracted people have become and how fearful they are of that change but once they make it it's like so yeah. like rewarding and it's
1: it a process yeah. it, it's a constant process it's not new i think that's another thing that people need to keep in mind right this is not new to humans it's just different now right like whatever the distraction is it's different you know it was different 100 years ago whatever that distraction may be um and so you know i think it's just important for people to keep in mind uh baby steps don't destroy yourself you know if you don't make your goal or if you don't reach the the thing you're reaching for don't give up don't quit remember that you're human baby steps are really important and you know just like when we started out this podcast right like if you're just getting into gardening if you're just getting into hunting meditating whatever it is baby steps right whether it's gardening like one pot on the on the balcony or a two pots on the balcony or maybe one garden box. You got to start somewhere is the key, right? You got to start somewhere, find that place to start and get started and keep going. Even no matter, no matter what headway you run into, no matter what obstacles, setbacks, you're going to have those, right? Failure is one of our greatest teachers. Um, The key is, is keeping with it. Don't give up. Keep. Yeah. Working your way through it. Persistence, right? Persistence and patience, the two things I've been keying in on since we got started. You got to have that patience with yourself, with the outside world, with your family, and the persistence to stick with it no matter what it is. Even if you're failing completely and utterly, sticking with it, keeping that persistence in there, you will get there. It might take you six months. It might take you a year. It might take you five seasons. You don't know how long it's going to take you. But if you stick with it and you have that persistence and that perseverance, you're going to make it. You're going to get to where you want to go. Um, So stick with it, folks. Love it.
0: Love it. Stick with it. Yeah. And um, I don't know what else to say. I think that's a great place to go.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic place to end it right there.
0: Cool. Well, have a wonderful day. I know that your family has been affected now with um, some illness and... uh... It has found you. The virus has found you. It has.
1: I, I tried to tell people are like,
0: "Oh, I haven't had it yet," and I'm just like, "It just hasn't found you yet. That's why yeah. you haven't had it yet. It's coming."
1: I tried uh, to uh, I tried to make a joke out of it to some friends. I was like, okay, but we did it, we did it," and everybody like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "We finally caught COVID." I thought <laughs> was something wrong with us. I thought we were failures. We're gonna get voted off the island,
0: right? And I think, you know what I love about the COVID now? um, And I'm not making any joke about what's happened with bats and COVID, but like we can all agree now that COVID, we're gonna all get COVID. Even if you're vaccinated, you're non vaccinated, we can all come together, we can love each other and realize we're all going to be affected by this, right? Like it's just, um, again, talking about. The natural world is viruses are pretty dang hard, you know, unless, I mean, there's some things you can avoid if you avoid certain lifestyle choices, but, you know, COVID, one of these uh, types of viruses, usually at some point, we're all going to be affected by it. So, um, I just wish a lot of health and have a lot of health to your, to your, to your family and that you guys get through it smoothly and, you know, take your plant medicines and your your supplements, and just drink a lot of water. That would be one of my... I'm going to do a whole podcast on COVID. I have a gal from Canada who has been researching this. She's a nutritionist and she's been researching all this because I've been working with her on some of my long COVID stuff. So we're going to be doing a two or three part podcast and a big webinar on ways that we can learn about how to help if you've gotten COVID and you're dealing with things or some of these. But um, you know, lots of water. That's what I noticed when I had it, I was so dehydrated. So I'm um, just like those plants need water, like you need a lot of water. And when you're sick, you need a lot of water. Um, that's one of my main <laughs> things I try to push. And it's easy to get dehydrated. People don't oh. realize, especially here in Montana, where we have no humidity. It's high altitude. It's sunny. Like you just don't realize how dehydrated you get, especially you out there working in the greenhouse mm-hmm. and moving, moving, moving all day. Drink. Hydrate or
1: die. That's the old smoke jumper <laughs> adage. Hydrate or die.
0: That's right. <laughs> well, hopefully it won't get that extreme. But I would agree. <laughs> like, even like not feeling good with COVID, you might feel like you're going to die. So like, hydrate. Yes, lots of hydration. Um, Okay, well, have a wonderful Sunday. I'm going to Uh, go out to my garden, and um, we will chat soon. Great. Thanks, Doc. Okay, bye. Bye. Leave it to a plant to come up with the understatement of the millennium. We can do nothing unless we are asked. Look at what plants do when they are asked. All human civilization is a form of excess grain, the generosity of plants. The history of our species shows us that plants furnish us with whatever we ask for. Our society values comfort, so this is what we have gone to, the plant world, to get. This is wonderful as far as it goes, which is not very far in the direction of satisfaction. If for a moment we could forget the quest for comfort and ask plants to help us find joy, richness, and significance in life, is there any reason to suppose they would not share those qualities with us, just as they have shared everything else? To think that plants are mere dumb creatures that do not know ecstasy is ignorance or tragic arrogant folly. All things enjoy ecstatic union with nature. Life without ecstasy is not true life and not worth living. Without ecstasy the soul becomes shriveled and perverted. The mind becomes corrupt and the body suffers pain. Ecstatic union with nature is necessary for normal health. It is necessary for survival.